The Michigan State Spartans had a fantastic 2021 campaign. They finished 11-2, beat arch-rival Michigan, putting Mel Tucker 2-0 against Michigan State's biggest rival. They won the Peach Bowl, and they returned a lot of their production heading into 2022. They lose key players like Kenneth Walker, running back Jalen Naylor, wide receiver, defensive ends Jacob Panashuk and Drew Beasley. They lose a lot of the players that you would say were on the better half of the team in 2021. They return the entirety of their secondary, the majority of their linebacker core outside of Quavarius Crouch, all their D-tackles, some of their offensive line, and quarterback Peyton Thorne. Michigan State entering 2022 has been picked to finish fourth in the Big Ten East. It's a comfortable position for Mel Tucker and his team to be in in once again the underdog position, and Mel Tucker and his team have clearly stated that their goal is to win every game on their schedule and bring a championship to East Lansing. Today we're going to be following a series of videos that I had previously done talking about the best and worst outcomes for each team, and I plan on doing a video on Michigan and Penn State and definitely another team or two before week one, and probably I'll try to do it all before week zero, but we'll see. Today's all about Michigan State, though. Talking about Michigan State's best and worst possible outcome, and then reinforcing my prediction, which is nearly smack dab right in the middle between the best and worst outcome, in my opinion. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn or food, and enjoy this talk about Michigan State football. If you're new to this channel and you love Big Ten football, Michigan State football, Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, any kind of Big Ten football, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. We're almost at 6,500 subscribers, and I cannot wait to grow to 10,000, 15,000, maybe even hit 20,000 or so by the end of this college football season. So help me get there by hitting that subscribe button and joining this awesome community. Without further ado, let's get right into it and talk about Michigan State. We're going to go through the best outcome first, then the worst, then hit, hit this video on its head at the end with my prediction. So first and foremost, the best possible outcome for Michigan State. I keep switching between 11 and 1 or 10 and 2, and I really don't know what to land on. But at the end of the day, seeing that Michigan State surprised everyone last year after most people were saying their ceiling would be 7 and 5, 8 and 4, and they go 11 and 2, 10 and 2 in the regular season. I'm going to go with 11 and 1, 8 and 1 for second in the division behind Ohio State is Michigan State's best possible outcome. They can beat anyone else on their schedule. They can they, they can and should win at Washington. I view that game as a possible trap game, but it's one that Michigan State if they are a good team, if they are a top 25, top 20 team like I think they are, they should win that Washington game and they should win it in a modest to dominant fashion. They can beat Minnesota and Wisconsin, travel to Penn State and win. They can beat Michigan. They're 2-0 against Michigan. Now, Mel Tucker hasn't played in a full big house. It's hard to be 3-0 against a team as good as Michigan, but it's still possible. 
Mark D'Antonio has beaten Michigan time and time again. Mel Tucker has proven that he can outcoach Jim Harbaugh in big games. The one team that Michigan State has not even been competitive with that they have faced is the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I think that will be the case once again this year. Ohio State matches up far too well with Michigan State at every possible position. Ohio State's defense looks to get a whole lot better with Jim Knowles, Tim Walton, Perry Alano, and the the staff additions they've made and all that they return on defense too. They lose Haskell Garrett, but they return Zach Harrison, true freshman players last year, JT Tuimalau and Jack Sawyer, who should really add to the pass rush this season. They return linebacker Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg, and they have Cameron Brown, Denzel Burke, Ronnie Hickman, and Tanner McAllister at their secondary. All those things combined, their defense is going to be better than last year, which is going to match up well with the Michigan State offense that's probably not going to be as balanced with the loss of Kenneth Walker and their injuries at the offensive line. And Ohio State on offense, you got C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming. Look what they did to, not Washington, pardon me, Utah. Look at what they did to Utah in the Rose Bowl. They put up nearly 600 passing yards on that Utah secondary, which, oh wait, was better than the Michigan State secondary by far last year. So Ohio State matches up in every way well, even with mental a mental advantage, I would say. I'd say they have a mental lock on Michigan State, too. That game's going to be interesting, but Ohio State, I think, is going to be the one blemish, no matter what, on Michigan State's schedule. The best possible outcome, though, suggests that for most games outside of the Ohio State game, Michigan State is going to have more depth and more consistency than they did even last year. Mel Tucker has now brought in two recruiting classes at Michigan State, He's fully instilled the culture. His staff has been there for, it'll be three years this season. And honestly, this team, if it if they live up to their potential in full, they will be a pretty good football team. Broussard and Berger will mostly replace Kenneth Walker in this scenario. No, both of them combined will not be as good as last year's Doak Walker Award. The way that he played football behind a mediocre to below-average offensive line, that was very impressive. And I don't know, I don't think it'll just take one year for Michigan State to reload at that position. I don't really trust Jalen Berger, but I do trust Jarek Broussard. And if Jalen Berger proves me wrong, that will be a lethal running back duo. And if they live up to their full potential, Michigan State's run game will continue to be as tough and as physical as last year. The defense... Two, returning linebacker Cal Halliday, defensive tackle Jacob Slade, and Simeon Barrow. They have former backup Jeff Petrowski from defensive end, who's going to be starter this year. And they brought in incoming transfers, defensive end Chris Bogle, linebacker Jacoby Winman, and linebacker Aaron Brule, and cornerback Amir Speed. So they brought in transfers on defense. Their entire secondary returns from last year, which I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing, but bringing in a mere speed at least helps, and I think for sure he is going to be the best coverage player on that team in the secondary. I think by a mile, he will be the best secondary player when it comes to coverage. I'd say Xavier Henderson overall, but especially for his leadership, would be 
the overall best secondary player. The defense, this defense is top 25 and beyond potential, I think, despite the weakness at secondary, which I think, well, the secondary is in a tough position because of how bad they were last year. The fact that they have a lot of returning production there, but they have no, they're not really proven at all. The talent there seems to be busted or wasted by Harlan Barnett, who also is proving himself to not be a good recruiter for this 2023 cycle. So I think the secondary is somewhat permanently handicapped. But the front seven, especially the run defense aspect of the front seven, that is the potential to be elite with the the depth. Pardon me, the depth at linebacker that Michigan State has, their defensive tackle room, which I think is one of the best in the country, and their defensive ends, they lost both their starters there last year, but Chris Bogle is four-star talent from the SEC. Jeff Petrowski had a pretty good season last year for being a backup, and you have Brandon Jordan there, the pass rush specialist who's worked with several NFL guys. That front seven I think is going to be deadly, and I think overall is even in my own prediction, and we'll get more into this later, that's going to be the identity, I think, of this year's team is the front seven. As the offense kind of takes a step back with the O-line and run game, the secondary doesn't prove, but not enough. The front, This front seven, especially if it lives up to its potential, is will be scary. And trench play, too. That includes trench play, because the the defensive front four, the offensive front five. Trench play, if it's great, Michigan State will have its best outcome. This includes on the offensive line and the defensive line. The offensive line, a lot of guys were injured this season, but with guys like J.D. Duplain and others, Nick Samak, the one guy that's coming in from Washington State, I think his name's Brian Green, who's played offensive guard and offensive center, yes, All of those guys, Jarrett Horst as well, Spencer Brown, if they're all healthy, and if Chris Kapilovic lives up to his reputation and more, and in full, trench play will be great. If the offensive line improves from last year, the run game might look pretty similar, despite having worse running backs because of a more consistent and healthy offensive line. The pass game will flourish as a result because Peyton Thorne, plus Jaden Reed, plus giving Thorne time in the pocket and Jaden Reed time to run his route before Thorne is sacked, that will equal completed pass after completed pass, which will eventually equal a touchdown in the red zone. And finally, in this best possible outcome, Tucker will be 3-0 and versus Michigan, which I, as a Michigan fan, that I do not like that. That almost terrifies me, but I will admit and be unbiased and say that it is very much possible. Now let's talk about the worst. I view that 6-6, six and 4-5 six, and five in conference, 5th in the division, probably behind Maryland, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. I think this is the worst possible outcome. 6-6, six and six, I do not see this being a 5-7 and seven team. I just don't. I think that they're too mentally tough. They have too many almost built-in wins on their schedule, and I think because of their mental toughness, like, look at that Wisconsin win. They're due to upset someone who, in this scenario, would technically be better than them. Simply because they're mentally tough, The their returning production and veteranacy they have, they have too good of a quarterback wide receiver room, too good of a defensive tackle and linebacker room, despite the depth issues they have that I think prevent them from being a championship-caliber team. 
they don't have the depth issues that, let's say, Indiana, Rutgers, Illinois, Northwestern, or even Maryland have, if we're being honest here. The worst, I think, would start off with a game at Washington, a game that I personally do not think should be super close. I think that there's a real possibility it's a single-digit game, but Michigan State should win that game pretty convincingly. They should at least win it. I think if they lose at Washington, and you're a Michigan State fan watching this, your season is due for a massive disappointment. A loss to Washington turns into a home loss to Minnesota, road loss to Maryland, probably a terrible blowout for the third time in a row against Ohio State, and then losses at Michigan and at Penn State. The defense in this would take a sizable step back. The secondary would stay the same, going to the point at the end, and the front seven because of the losses at defensive end, and I don't even know how this would happen realistically to a certain degree, but the defense overall would just take a step back probably at pass rush because the loss at defensive end and the secondary would stay relatively the same. Those two things combined would make the pass defense pretty similar to last year. Tuck himself, if he did go 6-6, six and six, there would be a lot of questions surrounding him and his program. I myself would question it because 6-6, six and six, he's still going bowling. Yes, last year a lot of things went right for the Spartans, but they shouldn't lose, in my opinion, at Washington. And between Minnesota and Wisconsin, part of me does think that they really should go 2-0 against those teams. And if they don't, you got to find a win somewhere, whether it's at Penn State, at Maryland, at Michigan. 6-6 six and six after going 11-2, and two, especially with all the hype produced around this team this year, that would be a huge disappointment, and the entire perception around the program, I think, would be changed relatively quickly, within a few weeks to a few months, especially if the worst played out, and like I have on the schedule, MSU somehow started out two and four. That would be that would that would be a program changing start and not in a good way. The run game, also, that would be pretty mediocre. In this scenario, the offensive line would probably would most definitely take a step back here, and this is assuming that depth probably isn't fixed either. Injuries continue to happen. In this worst possible scenario, you can assume that Jalen Berger probably is almost a non-factor, and it might just be Jarek Broussard, or maybe it's Jordan Simmons, Elijah Collins, Devion Prim, and. I mean, Michigan State's running back room is deep, but at, I'm more concerned about the offensive line in regards to the run game than I am the running back room with just all the injuries that have happened, the fact that they were so thin during the spring game. The worst possible scenario, I think, is 6-6, six and 4-5, six, and five. and where Michigan State's interesting here is they're sort of similar to Nebraska. I think Michigan State has earned much more benefit of the doubt. Than Nebraska has, but I'm mentioning this in the, the wide possible ranges of outcomes that both the teams have. For Michigan State, it's due to the fact they have a tough schedule. They have good depth, but they don't have the depth that Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, or even Wisconsin has overall. So there is a wider margin of error for Mel Tucker in his program. There was, there was the same thing last year. That team played in a plethora of close games that could have gone the other way. Nebraska, Michigan, Penn State, 
Indiana, you flip all of those into losses, which is possible, then the team is probably 7-6, and six, maybe even 6-7. and seven. But that just goes to show how t- mentally tough this team is. It's been the case for Mel Tucker at Colorado. Even in his 2020 season at Michigan State, he always gets the best out of his players. Now let's talk about my prediction. My prediction for the Spartans, 8-4, 5-4 in conference, tied for third. They'd technically be fourth behind Penn State due to the tiebreaker, but I just put tied at third just because. And part of that was also because I have Penn State at 7-5 losing at Auburn, and I think that Michigan State is going to be the better team than Penn State despite finishing behind them due to conference tiebreaker rules. Thorne and Reed are a terrifying duo, and they're going to be. Jaden Reed had over 1,000 receiving yards last year. Peyton Thorne had over 3,000 passing yards last year. I cannot wait. I can't wait to see what their passing game looks like, and I think Michigan State is going to move away because of the departure of Kenneth Walker and some of the O-line issues. I think they're going to move away from more of their run game, like you saw a lot last year. They even tried to force it when Kenneth Walker wasn't there, like in the Peach Bowl versus Pittsburgh. And when they took out Kenneth Walker against Ohio State, they were still trying to run the football, which you know I thought was poor game management in both of those scenarios. But against Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter, they finally adapted and decided, let's air raid this out. And that's how they beat Pittsburgh. They air raided it out. And I think Michigan State this year, they're going to learn from that game. I think that it that's going to be the way that they win most of their, most if not all of their games. I think they're going to move more toward a pass-heavy offense. You have Peyton Thorne at quarterback, who I think was third in the Big Ten in QBR last year. I have him as a top six, top five Big Ten QB, which might sound insulting, but I think that the top six and even top seven of Big Ten QBs are good QBs nationally. And that combined with Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman, Trey Mosley, Monterey Foster, tight end Daniel Barker and Malik Carr, and running back Jarek Broussard and Jalen Berger too, that's going to really help out Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne has weapons everywhere at skill positions and him and reed especially reed doubling is someone who is dangerous at returning punts and kicks returned two of them for touchdowns last year that's going to be a terrifying duo and if their offensive line is better than i think it will be which there is a possibility of that they're going to wreak havoc on any defense the front seven is locked and loaded locked and loaded And that's probably an underestimate. I think the pass rush will be about the same as last year. And I say this because Brandon Jordan and Marco Coleman, I think, who's the defensive line coach, pardon me if that's not right, they're going to improve the pass rush overall. They're, They're bringing in better techniques. They're bringing in youth, energy, new schematics. But at defensive end, Drew Beasley and Jacob Panashuk, both very good players, they depart. So I think the pass rush from the defensive ends is going to relatively be the same. I think the defensive tackles are going to be better. So 
Michigan State's run defense, which was already pretty solid last year, is going to be even better with Jacob Slade, Simeon Barrow, Jalen Hunt, and Maverick Hansen. That is a deep, that is a deep defensive tackle room. And then at linebacker, Cal Halliday, Jacoby Woodman, Aaron Brule, Darius Snow has made the move to linebacker. Ben Van Summeren, that's a deep linebacker room as well. And there are going to be times where Michigan State likes to run that 4-2-5 defense, but we've seen in the spring game Scotty Hazleton unveil packages where you put a third, put a third linebacker on the field and likely replace a secondary player, which I think, because of the depth at linebacker and all the billions of questions at secondary, I think is a very wise, very wise move. So good on Scotty Hazelton for that. The front seven, listen, I've already stated this. I think it's going to be the identity of this year's team. It's a solid unit. I think it will be, it has the potential to be one of the best front sevens in the country. Literally. I mean it when I say it. This front seven will shut down the run. They will penetrate most offensive lines and shut and shut down their run game will get pressure on the quarterback not to the same degree as shutting down the run game but they're going to force teams to likely be one-dimensional and they're going to dare them to attack their secondary that's all this front seven is going to do you can't run against us you're going to have to throw against our secondary and michigan state secondary despite how bad they were last year I'll give them credit and say that they were just clutch enough to where if all you did was pass against them, they would eventually force a mistake out of you. But this front seven, they're going to tackle most run plays behind the line of scrimmage, if not stop them head on. And against good offensive lines, even last year, I don't think they'll be able to, like last year, have an effective pass rush against elite offensive lines because they don't have players at the defensive end position yet lost their production last year but they'll be able to shut down let's say Michigan and Ohio State's run game or at least limit them there's a huge possibility that this front seven will be able to to do that and I'm saying this is I think Michigan is the best offensive line and best running back room in the country Michigan State I think has a really good chance to limit that good of a run game the O-line will have its share of struggles though they will they had too many injuries to be better than last year, or to at least be significantly better than last year. That's going to hold them back. Offensive center Nick Samick, right guard Brian Green, left guard J.D. Duplain, left tackle Jarrett Horst, and right tackle Spencer Brown looks to be the current lineup according to rlads.com. The offensive line, like last year, will struggle at depth especially because they lost a ton of veterans from last year. So depth is going to be an even greater concern, and that with injuries in the spring game prompts me to believe that it's not going to be the secondary that's act- that's going to be the biggest weakness of this unit. I think that the defensive backs with Amir Speed coming in, with Xavier Henderson, Ronald Williams, Chester Kimbrough, who I don't even want to count him as a starter because he shouldn't be, But with all their secondary players returning and Mel Tucker helping out at cornerbacks, I do think the secondary significantly improves. Will it be a top 50 unit? I don't think so. But when you're 130, I think 130th or something in the nation, significantly improving likely means that this secondary is certainly a top 100, top 90, top 80, top 70 unit for sure. The offensive line, however, 
the injuries they sustained i think makes them due for a step back so eight and four five and four the minnesota game i view as a 50 50 game it's the same thing with the road game at penn state you could very well switch those two games in my opinion i think michigan state is going to have dominant wins against washington and wisconsin and i say dominant in the sense that people aren't going to expect michigan state to handily beat these teams but i think that wisconsin's overrated and i think that washington they're in year one they have concerns at depth jimmy lake destroyed that team both mentally and on the depth chart i think michigan state with a more solid coaching staff should handle washington and with home field advantage and a more versatile offense and a more veteran defense should also handle the Badgers. That's all I have to say for this video. If you liked it, remember to subscribe to this channel so you can watch more Big Ten football, and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I release new videos. And when I go live for the first time, you won't miss my first live stream. Thank you all for watching. Make sure to comment down below and like this video. And if you're on Spotify, make sure to follow the channel. Thank you all for watching. And I'll see you guys around. Bye.